by the power of Castle Hate Skull. I am Mark Harley, and once again, you are here for a special Thanksgiving Day episode. We recorded on Thanksgiving Day. I am here. This is how committed I am to my viewers and listeners is that I'm here on Thanksgiving Day. I could be eating snacks right now. I could be just sleeping in knowing that nobody would judge me, okay? Uh, But here I am showing that it doesn't matter rain or sleet or hail or Thanksgiving holidays or any holiday. I will be here recording shows for my faithful viewers, my fools and foolettes. By the time that you hear this podcast, it will be after Thanksgiving. I hope that your Thanksgiving was good. I hope that you didn't indulge in a celebration of American imperialism across the globe. Just kidding. I'm not going to make this a political show. Not yet. Unless unless a lot of people have been asking me, start asking about politics. Like, Mark, what's your view on critical race theory? Mark, would you smash Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? I'm not going to answer that question until you ask me. So if you're curious, just ask me. But until then, this is not a political show. I'm not going to judge whether or not you celebrated Thanksgiving or any holiday for that matter, for that matter, for that matter, matter, alma matter. So I just wanted to say, first off, thank you so much to everyone who voted for last week's episode, Best Dressed Podcast of the Week Before Thanksgiving. I was rocking a Kino Body waffle short sleeve gray t-shirt. Use code HELLA10 at checkout and KinoBody.com, KinoClothing.com. And also, Thick Boy... Uh, the camo joggers, just an incredible outfit by all accounts. I don't know if you saw the pants, but you can also buy those at thickboy.com, thick with three C's. I'm not getting any money from that. I'm just saying they're really good pants. Today, I thought I'd follow it up and see if I can get this award again with another Kino shirt. Okay, this is the the blue long sleeve pocket uh, shirt. And also, what do you know? Some more camo. Can I bring my leg all the way up here? I don't know, I have a back injury, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Oh snap, yes, we have the green camo. Does it match the deep blue that I have on right now? Not really, neither does the leopard print Vans, but I'm putting it all together, and I think it makes for a pretty interesting little ensemble. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you go to bestdressedpodcast.com and vote for me for the week after Thanksgiving episode of Haters Will Say? I'd appreciate it, nobody's putting a gun to your head. But I'll give you a thanks. So it's time to tell y'all what's up, fool, to my fools and my foolettes and everybody who wants to know what's going on in my life. So many cool things. I don't even know where to start, really. Actually, I do. Um, as I mentioned four seconds ago, I do have a back injury. Man, I've been getting injured a lot lately. A pec tear, a little tricep thing that happened the other day from doing pullovers with 120-pound dumbbells. Now this back thing, it is a recurring issue. I wanted to bring it up not to complain, although I will complain. It does hurt. I don't like it. I don't want to be in pain. But I want to illustrate how I have evolved over the years to work around these things rather than succumbing to the, (laughs) woe is me. I'm not going to sit there and not try to do stuff. I'm going to actively attack it, even when I can barely stand or, or sit and everything is uncomfortable. I have this recurring issue from years and years ago, doing shitty clean and jerks, 
because the person teaching me had no idea what they were doing. So I don't blame him. He was doing his best. You're good, Dad. So <clears throat> from time to time, my back injury will, will flare up. I, you know, if I'm doing heavy deadlifts or heavy squats or I did some good mornings, that might have done it. You know, you're bending over at the waist with a heavy barbell on your back. Sometimes if you're not ready for that, you haven't been doing it, you know, in a while, like I haven't, things can thin, can flare up. I still went to the gym yesterday to try to hit legs, <laughs> see if I could do some seated hamstring curls and see if the leg extensions. I couldn't, but I persisted. I said, well, can I do at least some Stairmaster? I could. So I at least got that sweat in and I at least know I can go and do a cardio machine that also hits my legs. All right. So my message to you is even if you have an injury, push through it. Years ago, I remember I, I hurt my back in a similar fashion, really bad, just bending over to like put a 10-pound weight on a on a weight tree at the gym. And I was obviously already fatigued from working out, but just that act of bending over at the waist at the wrong angle popped something out of place. And man, it really threw me off track because I remember I had a friend over to like massage it and that actually exacerbated it. And I just went about it in the wrong ways and uh, used it as an excuse to eat unhealthy, to do as little as possible rather than as much as possible. And it just drops you off. It will heal over time. You know, a couple weeks later, you'll probably be better with these recurring sort of nerve injury type things, slipped disc or bulging disc or whatever it is. But you want to emerge from that healing process if you do have to rest uh, without having gained 10 pounds, <laughs> without having become totally detrained, without having uh, feeling like mentally you're off your game because, you know, your self-esteem lowers. Whenever you go off track and you start eating, you don't, you don't sit there going, man, I feel really good about all that junk food I ate. I feel really good about crawling to the door to, to get a pizza that was delivered. True story, okay? I did order a pizza from Papa John's. And he knocks at the door and I said, come in. He opens the door and looks around and I'm like, I'm on the floor crawling to you. Uh, I can't work out, but I can eat pizza. Absolutely pathetic. So <clears throat> that's what's going on in my life. I'll be back at it soon. Uh, I hope if you have an, an eating-related injury on Thanksgiving today that, that it heals soon. Be careful out there. I hope you were careful. So let's see. The other thing I wanted to talk about was... Um, I have a cat who has feline infectious peritonitis. FIP. Um, now, this is a crazy little story because it's like a fatal disease amongst cats. Okay. Um, one of my little, the youngest cat, Yoko, got the disease. <laughs> it's normally considered fatal and you just kind of do this care. You take it to the vet and they kind of go like, we'll care for it. You know, it got 106 degree fever, wasn't acting right, seemed really lethargic, took it to the vet. They either go, it's lymphoma or it's this FIP thing, both of which are fatal. It's just a matter of a different timeline. Then it turns out there is actually this medication for FIP, but it's not FDA approved. So it only comes from China, but you have to like go on these Facebook groups to go get the medication and... Uh, administer it to your cat on your own. So even as the cat was staying at the vet, we had to like go ask the vet to bring it out and allow us to inject this black market Chinese medication <laughs> into the cat's scruff. Uh, 
which apparently you have to do for like, it's an 84-day treatment, something crazy like that. I'm bringing all this up just to say that good thing I'm an injection expert, right? Huh? Huh? Sometimes that's going to come in handy in real life, not just the world of bodybuilding. So I also wanted to say this was just a little metaphor, a little analogy of, you know, when you see your cat or anybody or yourself, you have some symptom like a fever or to relate it back to what we discussed a couple weeks ago with all these heart attacks and uh, deaths in bodybuilding, Callie Muscle was a guy who had a heart attack and he had been ignoring the fact that he was experiencing uh, edema in his legs, in his uh, lower extremities, which is a sign that your heart isn't doing well. Um, and, you know, I, I assume it's a, a sign of other things too. If your body isn't draining its fluid properly. You don't really see healthy people walking around with super swollen legs and ankles, right? Something is off. So I know how it is because I'm a guy. I'm not going to go to the hospital for my back and I ignore a lot of other health problems, but I would advise you to try to, when, when something comes up like that, you know, don't tough it out this, this holiday season. Just if you're, if your ankles are swelling, go to the doctor. You know, maybe you're going to get diagnosed with cankles, and that's the end of the story. I don't know, but it could save your life. Boy, oh boy, I am excited to bring you another segment of, ah, help, I'm on steroids. I just love helping people, so that's why I like to do this segment, because as you may have noticed, help is actually in the title of the segment, so obviously I'm helping people. So a guy wrote to me, I had trouble finding his DM, I'll admit it, I flag these things if I don't screenshot it and and put it away immediately, I might just lose it because I get so many messages because I'm so popular, because people want to reach out and go, Mark, Mark, talk to me about stuff on the internet. And I try to talk to you about stuff on the internet as much as I can, but sometimes I can't talk to everybody about all the stuff. And I'm sorry for that. I'm going to work on it and get back to you. So this particular individual messaged me about Anadrol. What is Anadrol, you may ask? It is the most powerful oral uh, steroid, 17 alkylated. So it, it, what that means is these oral steroids put a lot of stress in your liver more so than other steroids because they are chemically designed to uh, survive the first pass of the liver. So it kind of keeps going through your liver. It isn't broken down completely. That ends up stressing and doing damage to your liver, raising your liver values. It can be corrected if you stop taking these pills and allow your liver to recover from that stress. But it's just not something you can really do year-round. Of course, people will still try to do that and destroy their livers. But um, it's at least going to cause a temporary stress and elevation of these liver values. Now, there's all different um, kinds of oral steroids. Anadrol just happens to be one. It's a DHT derivative, dihydrotestosterone. And it's, you know, to the average bodybuilder or powerlifter, you think Anadrol, you think size and strength. It's going to potentially make you gain a lot of uh, weight very quickly, right? You might take it and gain 20 pounds if you're eating in a calorie surplus um, and properly hydrated. It's going to ramp up water retention, mineral retention, uh, red blood cell uh, accumulation, and that's actually what it's used for scientifically. Anadrol 50 is a prescription medicine used to treat the symptoms of anemia caused by deficient red cell production. Uh, here are some side effects. Nausea, upper stomach pain, rapid weight gain, in the face or midsection for sure, 
get that bloaty moon face. Uh, loss of appetite, dark urine, clay-colored stools, yellowing of the skin or eyes, <laughs> painful or difficult urination, increased interest in sex, painful or ongoing erection of the penis. Doesn't sound too bad, does it? Loss of interest in sex. Wait, so, <laughs> no, it is true. You can have an increased interest in sex, and then once your own testosterone shuts down completely, it can kick the opposite way. And if you're not having enough uh, estrogen conversion, you know, that will also kill your sex drive. Uh, decreased amount of semen when you ejaculate. So what? What's the big deal with huge loads anyway? Easy bruising or bleeding, nosebleeds, bleeding gums. I even saw Larry Wheels bleed from the chest while doing a, a deadlift. And I think he's on Anadrol. Uh, bleeding that won't stop. Painful swelling in your breast. Changes in skin color. Shortness of breath and swelling in your hands or feet. Doesn't that sound fun? And of course, on these medical websites, they really are going to, you know, outline all the worst case scenarios. But it's powerful shit, no doubt. I'm bringing this up because people will go, <clears throat> I'm thinking about taking Anadrol. What do you think? And I go, have you done that before? You know, what is your what is your history with anabolics? And I think he'd only taken Anavar before, had never taken an injectable steroid, hadn't even taken testosterone. So I'm always confused about why people make these jumps to the top of the mountain, to the trend or the anadrol or the most powerful compounds without sort of working their way up to these most powerful compounds. I wouldn't recommend it. Now, I've known people who have taken, uh, you know, a few weeks cycles of anadrol. You can find plenty of user reviews online. Um, it's most certainly works. And <laughs> I was watching this video by Leo in Longevity where he talked about taking an anadrol pill pre-workout because that's another way that people can use it. Either you take a certain dose per day or you say, I'm going to take a smaller dose, like 25 milligrams, right before I work out to use it as a sort of workout enhancement. And he said, just picking up my laptop felt lighter. That's how powerful it is. It's like the objects that you pick up within 20 minutes will seem lighter than they were only minutes ago. So, What's going to happen if you take this? Yeah, you'll get stronger. You'll gain weight. Uh, you'll get more aggressive in the gym, most likely. When you stop taking it, that all goes away, right? So I can see using it and risking the hepatoxicity or liver toxicity for the purpose of a powerlifting meet, or maybe you want to use it to increase your red blood cell count for a a show or something like that, a bodybuilding show. It's going to help you maybe stay full and look pumped on stage. But why would you take it just as a sort of anabolic novice? I don't know. I don't know why you would want to make these tremendous gains in a short amount of time. You can't stay on it forever. It's really not advisable. And it's all going to go away afterwards, all of it, right? Because when you're putting on uh, size and strength in that fashion that's coming mostly from fluid retention and mineral retention and glycogen storage and um, the androgenic signaling that comes from these compounds is going to increase your strength mainly. It's just you, you're not going to get that for long enough for, to affect permanent gains. So I basically advised him, look, you're going to want to at least run a little bit of test underneath this. And what's my adage? If you're not ready to inject anything into your body, you're not ready to take steroids. Okay. And yet people keep asking me about this. I think he's going to take my advice. I think he will use the testosterone. And look, if it's up to you, it's up to you. If you want to experiment with this shit, I know I'm not going to stop you, but 
I would urge you just to think about how you're going to feel when you stop taking that most powerful of all steroids, huh? Get some of that, that post-nut clarity and think about it, you know. After you come off, what are you going to be thinking about after four weeks when it's no longer in your system and you're getting weaker? Are you going to be like, what the fuck, dude? Why did I just let Androl come inside me? Ugh. Okay, we got another a lot of people have been asking me because a lot of people have been asking me to do more. A lot of people have been asking me, so I'm going to do more. A lot of people have been asking me. And a lot of people have been asking me about cool stuff related to diet and fitness. Shocker, right? Still no political questions. Weird. Hi, Mark. This comes from Megan Casey, C-A-C-I. I'm not going to try. I know I probably just butchered it. Hi, Mark. I have a question about protein. I apologize if this is a very dumb question, by the way. Laughing smiley face. So does the type of protein you're getting affect the way you put on muscle slash count towards your daily protein goal? For example, eating breadsticks that have eight grams of protein versus eating a serving of nuts that are cleaner, a cleaner source of protein that also has about eight grams of protein. Should I only be counting in the clean sources of protein towards my daily goal? Because obviously breadsticks have no nutritional value. Laughing, crying, smiling. Hopefully this makes sense. Like should the eight grams of protein from the breadsticks count towards my goal or is protein just protein and am I thinking way too hard about it? Yes, you are. You're thinking way too hard about it. I understand the question, but there's a couple things I wanted to dissect there. First I said, well, define nutritional value, right? Because she said breadsticks have no nutritional value. I don't know how I feel about that phrase, but I know that it's used very commonly in that sense of like, you know, it's not a vegetable, therefore it has no nutritional value. I said, yes, you count the protein all the same. Just because the food has a lot of another type of macronutrient doesn't cancel out the protein, right? Breadsticks have nutritional value. Carbohydrate, carbohydrates provide your body with energy. Bread isn't inherently bad. The nutritional value is just in the carbohydrates, mostly. Uh, you can eat too much of it and throw yourself out of a deficit, or if you're doing a keto diet, it's probably not great to eat bread at all, but you can eat breadsticks and still achieve your body composition goals depending on what else you eat that day, week, or month. So should you count protein in bread? Absolutely. It may not be super significant, but it's going to count. And when you enter it into an uh, app like MyFitnessPal to track your macros, it is going to count. And every little bit counts. And there's this persistent idea. I remember somebody told me mushrooms have no nutritional value, which it's like a phrase that gets thrown around. This has no nutritional value. Okay, does it have calories? I mean, how are you defined? There's no vitamins in it. What, what is going on here? If it, if it has carbs, you count that. If it has protein, you have that. Just because something else is in it doesn't mean that those other nutrients, you know, <laughs> if you put cheese on broccoli, you still ate the broccoli, you still got the benefits of the fiber and the vitamins that are found in these whole foods, especially vegetables. The cheese will add more calories to it, but if that's what you need to choke down that broccoli, I don't blame you. You're just going to be ingesting some more calories. But this is a, pro a common way of thinking that I just wanted to address that, um, you know, foods are inherently bad, like bread's inherently bad or should, you know, she, she's writing me almost seemingly kind of feeling guilty about eating the breadsticks or whatever, or, you know, and you shouldn't. But 
if it's throwing you out of a calorie deficit, sure, then maybe think twice about it. But you know, you could eat pop tarts all day and stay in a calorie deficit and still lose weight. You probably wouldn't retain a lot of muscle, but uh, you know, calories in, calories out is going to account for most of that. Are breadsticks f- a food that's filling? Probably not. Maybe, but you know, pop tarts, for example, no. High sugar, high fat foods, it just doesn't fill you up. So that's really where it comes into play as not the best approach to dieting because you're going to be eating processed foods that don't fill you up, right? It's just a hard long-term strategy because you're always going to be hungry for that next Pop-Tart. That Pop-Tart's going to call to you. You know, I have a refrigerator full of protein pancakes. You have a pantry full of Pop-Tarts that are calling to you in the middle of the night. We are not the same. I'm built different. Speaking of food... We get another Hella Chef Harley, another super complicated five-star recipe here that is going to be impossible for you to replicate, but still I'm persisting and showing you these just to really gloat about how incredible I am in the kitchen making recipes that the layperson simply cannot. So today's recipe requires protein powder, almond milk, and ice. What? Slow down. Go back. I didn't quite process all that information. I'll repeat it. Protein powder, almond milk, and ice. Mark, isn't that just a protein shake? Yeah, but it's my protein shake, all right? My God. Give me some credit here. I'm bringing these incredible recipes to you, and you're still in your head going, this sounds like it's going to suck. Isn't that just a normal thing that everybody eats? Why is this a whole segment about how to make a protein shake? Get out of my head. Here's the deal. I call this little ditty a fake Frosty. You know how you go to Wendy's and they have that Frosty and it's like all chocolatey and delicious, but mainly the texture of it is what's really good? So I replicate that. Remember, I like to to replicate the things that scratch an itch for me. I love Frosties, and while I'm not going to eat those every day and get ripped, I can eat this every day and get ripped. I take three scoops of P.E. Science Frosted Chocolate Cupcake Protein. Again, this is a specific flavor. I can't say if it's going to work out if you use another flavor. These flavors are really delicious and kind of replicate. If you like a Wendy's Frosty, then this might just tickle your your giblies, okay? This might tickle your diet giblies. You take three scoops of that. Oh, my God, it's so much. You're crazy. No, it's not. You know, don't complain to me. I can't get enough protein. Oh, three scoops of protein is too much. Chug it down. Quit being a little bitch. Quit being a whiny protein bitch. And just a cup of almond milk, a cup and a half even if you need to. And then the real secret to this is a shit ton of ice to make it thick. Somehow it just makes it taste better, right? It both dilutes the strong flavor of having three scoops of protein and it suddenly makes this fun, frosty-like, texture, right? You'll put a little ice in sometimes. I'm talking about like put as much ice as your blender allows you to and then eat it with a spoon, okay? That's the real key, the ice and the spoon. And spoon feed yourself those sweet, sweet gains, okay? It's a really good one. The total calories is 435, so pretty low, right? You are going to get 15 grams of carbohydrates, 7 grams of fat, and 73 
grams of protein. And with macros like that, you can't afford not to eat the fake Frosty. All right, we have another lesson in Hella Mark Harley's Bro Science Academy. This is in the form of a question that I will answer from a guy named Ramsey Polyapala. Hey, bro, big fan. Want to get swole like you? What do I need to do? Very specific question, Ramsey. I listen to your podcast. Still need a little more info? Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Okay, I will. And keep doing what you're doing, except with the stuff that I'm about to tell you to do. Okay? Uh, ask him about his training experience. Uh, he played college football at a D2 school in Tennessee. Cool. So he knows how to get after it, athletically at least. And I would assume he has some weight training experience. He said, I was going to a CrossFit gym, but I feel there was no growth. I definitely joined for the community like I heard on your podcast. Yes, community. And some of these things like CrossFit can just, if you're into tracking your own progress, because you're doing a lot of random stuff, uh, it's hard to, you know, you're doing different things every day potentially. So for some people that's less satisfying than like sticking to a few basic movements or a specific program that will progress over time, right? Rather than just like random mix of gymnastics and powerlifting and Olympic lifting and conditioning and running and climbing and calisthenics and all these things, which are great. It's just like, do you know if your squat is increasing? Do you know if your max pull-ups are increasing, especially if you're always doing kipping pull-ups? You know, these are questions I have for you that if you don't care about that, sure, CrossFit is great. If you care about tracking your progress, you might want to have a little more uh, deliberate design of your program. So he says, I do lift and I'm going to try full body for five days. Heard you say it on TFAC. Hey, yes. And by the way, I'm just going to say right now, if you're looking for a good full body program, Jeff Nippard, Google Jeff Nippert full body. There's a few uh, links that he has that you can watch that will detail both the benefits and the actual design of a really good five-day-a-week full body. And again, this isn't you're not hitting a full workout for each muscle each day you go in, but you'll maybe take your weekly volume, five different exercises that you would normally do for, say, chest, right? Like a flat bench, an incline dumbbells, a flies, a pec deck, uh, you know, deficit push-ups, and you do a few sets of that each time you go in, and you push it to a certain intensity level that allows you to recover enough to do the same muscle group again at that certain intensity, and that just gives you more rest recovery cycles throughout the week and potentially will benefit your hypertrophy, and also for things like, if you don't like doing a huge leg day, what if you spread the volume out over the week, right? What if you only did squats one day, or only leg extensions, or only curls, or even only calf raises? one of those days, by the end of the week, you have a full leg day, 25 sets, without having to face the fact that you hate leg day because you're a pussy and you weren't raised right. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Maybe it is. So the other thing that I just wanted to show you for this Bro Science Academy is really how to input you know, your macros or how to do a basic breakdown if you have your own height, age, and weight. He's 37. He is six foot 263. So all I do is go to caloriecounter.net. I put in all those stats. First, I'll figure out his basal metabolic rate, which is like how many calories you're burning if you were just to sleep in bed all day. A guy that big is almost burning 2,200 calories. It says 2,179 here, right? And I'm just always curious about that because that can kind of be like another way to think about 
setting that, if you set your calories at your uh, basal metabolic rate, that will give you extreme weight loss. So that's one way to like set up how many calories you're doing in a day. But he's a pretty big guy. He can do more. So if you input like I exercise, you know, a few times a week, either daily exercise or intense exercise a few times a week, it tells him maintain weight, 3377 calories, mild weight loss, 3127 uh, one pound a week weight loss, 2877, and extreme weight loss, 2377. So once you have that, right, I go, okay, let's say you want to do like 2300 to 3100 calories a day. I broke it down and I was like, if you eat your body weight and protein roughly a little bit more, I think it was like 275, I put them at, um, brings you to like 1100 calories. And if you're at, a 2,800, then you do 200 grams of carbs, 100 grams of fat. So my diet recommendation to give a high protein, moderate carb, uh, well, I guess it's more moderate fat. Um, there are the, the calories from fat, if you have 100 calories of, or 100 grams of fat and 200 grams of carbs, they're roughly equal, right? Actually, there's more, there's 900 calories of fat and only 800 calories uh, from carbohydrates if you have 200. But that's a starting point for you. If you don't know how many calories you should consume in a day, there are resources online, right? Use CalorieCalculator.net. I am not sponsored by CalorieCalculator.net, but I should be. I am driving your entire business model right now. There are millions of people flocking to CalorieCalculator.net just to see how many calories they should be eating on a daily basis. Check it out and get ripped. Okay, so this week we have a really troubling this is why we can't have nice gyms because somebody sent me this video and I just, I feel like it's indicative of the kind of moral decay in the gym specifically that as a God-fearing Christian man, I would like to use my platform to put an end to this exact type of behavior. Let's roll the footage. We have a woman who's in the pec deck machine with her legs spread out wide uh, seemingly using the machine to strengthen her vaginal muscles. Totally inappropriate. Totally inappropriate for the gym, okay? Next up, the same woman is, she's at a back hammer strength machine, seemingly uh, practicing, uh, performing a hand job on the machine, okay? that's the, She's at a machine that where she should be working her lats, but she's working her grip. Uh, seemingly, one would assume, to uh, touch penises with. Then she's on the ground using a, a tricep rope, a practicing seemingly performing hand jobs on two penises at once. And this is where it just, it goes over the top because maybe I could see you justify this type of behavior if you were in a committed monogamous relationship. But the fact that she is on the floor uh, performing mock hand jobs and fellatio on this tricep rope and there are multiple mock penises in the scenario, that tells me that that she might be a polygamist. She might be a Satan worshiper. She might be uh, all number of things that I find highly offensive and inappropriate for the gym. And I feel like this just goes back to my point that I will repeatedly uh, scream from the, from the rooftops as many times as people need to hear this, but we need to segregate gyms, men and women. They simply, this, this gender mixing of gyms doesn't work, and this is the perfect example of why. This is a hedonistic, evil woman uh, promoting, 
premarital sex, promoting polygamy, uh, promoting all sorts of lewd acts in public, and it's being shared on the internet. Uh, you know, I just want to wake up and, and, and watch some Fitzbo videos, and this woman is on the floor pretending to have a tricep rope ejaculate on her face. I think it should be banned. I think Mark Zuckerberg should intervene. I think that we should pass a law, really, that prevents these types of videos from reaching the eyes of our youth because that's all we have, really. If our next generation grows up with role models like this, if they think that preparing for sexual intercourse in the gym is the way to go, we are lost as a nation. All right, for this week's hella sick fitness pages, I am highlighting a guy named Greg O'Gallagher who runs a business called Kino Body and also Kino Clothing, which I'm wearing. And look, you may be thinking, oh my God, Mark's just promoting this thing because he's a brand ambassador for Kino Clothing. Not true. I've been wearing this shit because it really fits well. And I'm going to talk about more how Kino Clothing fits into why I'm highlighting this fitness page in a sec, but somebody said to say, I wore one of these shirts on the fighter and the kid for my first appearance. Greg saw that, reached out. We've talked a few times online, really cool guy. But outside of that, right, I discovered this guy and really agree with a lot of his methods and kind of the general fitness philosophy that he brings to the table. Let me see if I can summarize this. He is an advocate of using fitness not as the be-all, end-all, right? Not, to, not to, to say, here's how you get jacked. You spend three hours in the gym every day, seven days a week, and only eat chicken, broccoli, and rice, and starve yourself, and this and that. The goal for his programs and his philosophy is use fitness to get the body you want, uh, with, without spending your entire life in the gym so that you can have the confidence and the happiness and the self-esteem to go out and do other things, right? And it's really like that because fitness is a good starting point and a good analogy for success in other fields. And many people, myself included, feel like when you get that body that you want, it does bolster your confidence to go out in the world and do other things and get what you want uh, outside of the gym, right? So a lot of fitness is sort of Sometimes it seems like, you know, they're marketing this idea of like, you should be totally obsessed and like, you know, unless you're trying to become an open bodybuilder, like you're not hardcore and, you know, it's not cool enough and you have to be thinking about your diet all the time and sort of make all these sacrifices when really it comes down to, you know, you can get incredible results with a focused few hours a week, right? A few lifting sessions a week. Um using a flexible macronutrient plan. And that's kind of what Greg pushes. I actually just bought his bundle of, um, he has a Black Friday going on. <laughs> I'll plug that. But, but you know, because you can buy all his programs, and I think I bought them for like 170 bucks. Aggressive fat loss, movie star body, uh, Greek god body. Um, there's a few different lifting programs that incorporate, um, you know, uh, both calisthenics or body weight movements uh, with uh, traditional barbell movements. He gives you a full program that uh, I believe it's only three days a week for the lifting. And with the diet, 
the idea is if you're you know 20 pounds overweight to start with you do this you take two to three months to strip all your body fat uh, and then you start really putting on the muscle so you can see all your gains so you're not trying to do two you can body recomp obviously if you'd like it's just a slower process and if you're 20 pounds overweight obviously maybe you want to do that to begin so what I really appreciate about what I've read for from example, the aggressive fat loss program that uh, he has out there for sale is that it's principles that you can stick to that allow you to have a normal life, right? You can follow this uh, fat loss protocol and still go out to dinner, for example, right? It's You're not going to be the guy who's bringing a bunch of uh, meal prep in a in a uh, plastic bag to the restaurant and eating out of that, right? You don't have to bring Tupperware everywhere. It's designed to be uh, applicable to somebody who has a job, is starting a business, has a real life, wants to date, wants to do all these things. You incorporate it in that, right? A few hours a week of training, as I said, sticking to the basics and sticking to what actually works. Something Greg brought up to me in private conversation was he's like, I get a lot of hate online, but the results speak for themselves. And I don't know if he was referring to like the fact that it was haters will say stuff, um, but He's, he has made himself, by using interesting marketing techniques, like he does parodies of films and stuff like that, like uh, from The Dark Knight and scenes from like The Wolf of Wall Street and American Psycho. People would look at that and like, you know, I think the first time I came across him actually was somebody like trying to make fun of this video that he made. But then I'm like, well, this actually looks kind of cool. It's an interesting way to market yourself, right? And and self-fitness is part of a holistic lifestyle where you get the body. Then guess what? We got cool clothes to put on top of it, right? That are really simple. They're not expensive, but they accentuate what you've already got going on. And uh, I think that's important too because you go the ultimate goal, as I've said. It's not just being buff so you can stand in front of a mirror and take selfies. It's to be able to go out and date, to be able to go live a life where having a good body, right? That's where you're lean. You can see the results and you can accomplish this all naturally. Uh, Greg's a natural and I believe him because I see how he lifts and he really gets strong in the core movements. And that is what drives uh, his muscle building process. He's also like 6% body fat, you know, which is very impressive given his strength numbers. But the final element is he was one of the first guys that I saw that was kind of like openly advocating like, hey, we're trying to look a certain way. We're not all trying to be open bodybuilders with gigantic legs and as freaky as possible and, and kind of trying to replicate these bodybuilding standards that are just unrealistic at the end of the day uh, without the use of uh, a ton of steroids or even you know replicating something that most people don't want to look like that. Not everybody wants the biggest legs. Uh, so he's sort of going, you want to look good in these clothes, right? And it's okay to say like, yeah, part of it is just like, you want to look aesthetic and here are these hacks to look more aesthetic. And here's the things that you're going to focus on the lats and the shoulders and the upper chest and this and that. And, uh, you know, we're going to do the workouts at these proportions versus your lower body. And I think it's, it's a really cool and direct approach to things that most guys respond to, right? It isn't like a, you know, People would always be like, I want to get big. I don't want to get too big because we're inundated with these images of gigantic bodybuilders all the time. And it almost makes people think like, oh, if I lift weights too hard, I'm going to I'm gonna look like this veiny freak on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. Not true. But when you put muscle on in the right places, 
you know, turns out it can look really aesthetic. And then as I was driving over here, I was listening to an interview with Greg on another uh, channel that I love, Entrepreneurs in Cars. <clears throat> and that channel is more like general male self-improvement. Um, and I dislike how fitness correlates to stuff like that. If you're a guy, you know, you can go get the X's and O's and the programs and the, you know, there's lots of places that are just going to tell you how many do, uh, how many sets and reps to do, right? But I love pages that kind of go, hey, this is one part of it. This is one part of self-actualization. This is one part of going out and doing what you want in life. This is all part of a bigger journey where your body's going to play a role. It's not the be-all, end-all, but it's a really great starting point to launch you out into the world um, and kind of embody excellence and embody uh, what people respect, you know, in the real world when they see you, right? When I'm buff, <laughs> people do treat me differently. I have buff privilege. Let's just say that. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage you to check that out and invest if you if you want a program. I don't have programs out right now. But if you want to get a good program, they're not that much. You know, do you have 50 bucks that you could potentially use to buy a program that'll last you several months? You know, take 20 pounds of fat off, get you stronger in the gym. That barrier to entry isn't that much, and it could really be a life-changing investment for yourself. And I just say that because that could be a piece of equipment, it could be a program, it could be whatever. But in this case, I just think buying a solid program, there's lots of testimonials online and people that I've seen use it. And I stand by the principles of like, yeah, he's making this simple and effective, not overly complicated and esoteric like so many fitness influencers will try to do to you to sell you on their unique expertise and that they only have the answers and everybody else is wrong. And then you kind of break it down. And you're like, this fucking program doesn't even make sense, even amongst the top influencers. So I applaud somebody who's actually getting results for people and changing lives and stripping away all the bullshit. And Greg, when you have a chance, you said you're coming to LA. I want you on the podcast. So don't just come in here and be like, oh, sorry. Oh, wait. Oh, you live in LA. Oh, I forgot. Wait, where? Oh, you're in Calabasas. Yeah, I was in Pasadena. Don't, I'll, I'll pay for your Uber, all right? We'll get you out here. We'll do the sit down. You can tell everybody how you overcame the haters for yourself, okay? And how you will continue to smash every hater that comes your way with Kino Octane. All right, we got a quick little hater of the week. Oh, this guy. He went dark. He went dark real quick. Cuzzy Slime on YouTube, great username. A psych says, BGL, big gay line, very clever. They say BGL, so I can't get, you know, struck down as hate speech, but I wouldn't do that. I don't care. Um, it's just unoriginal. BGL, it's going to be a great day when your heart stops. Cool, bro. I respond to that. How much do you have to hate yourself to publicly wish death on someone you've never met for making a podcast? You got a lot of soul searching and growing up to do, my man. Peace. <clears throat> he comes back with, LOL, all fun, BGL. I hope you can see it was a big joke, man. If not, oh, well, I'm sure you'll be starting your next cycle soon. Uh, you couldn't just, uh, right? So he makes a comment wishing me death. And it's like, <laughs> I'm just being funny, man. Hope you die. Just being funny, bro. Hope you die. Don't you get it? Oh, my God. Relax. I don't actually want you to die. 
I just kind of want you to die. <clears throat> so, so it's just a joke. I say, well, jokes are funny <laughs> and also don't come from a place of resentment. I'm not bothered in the slightest by you wishing death on me. I just called you out on the type of mental state you obviously must be in for you to type that out and hit post. And then you immediately backtracked only to try to make another lame and unoriginal jab at me and prove my point that you have some weird animosity towards me but can't really point to the, exactly why. Talking about cycles doesn't get under my skin in the slightest because I'm totally transparent to anyone who asks respectfully. It's okay to make jokes at my expense if that's how you want to spend your time and you actually think it provides a smokescreen for your self-loathing. But at least try to be original and clever. Otherwise, you're just another anonymous cuck on the internet trying unsuccessfully to hurt my feelings. Right? Do I look hurt by people wishing death on me? Not at all. I just have some protein powder in my eye. <laughs> but seriously, I, you know, this is, again, it always goes to the thesis of like, that was the best he can do? Ooh, ooh. That was really clever. That was your your comment. We were like, I'm just joking. You're like, I hope you die. Like, yeah, do you? It's psych. Okay. Just joking. Oh, that, that was a joke. Where was the funny part? Where was the clever part? Where is your fucking consistency? If you're going to wish me death, just wish me death and have the balls to stand your ground on that wish, young squire. Do not wish me death and then wish me life. You're a pathetic coward. Be gone. Guys, if you like that episode, I'm going to ask you to share that with 10 of your friends and have them send me 500 bucks, okay? And then what's going to happen is you're going to get a thousand bucks. And then for every person that those friends that you recruit get, uh, you'll get another additional 200 bucks. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong podcast. That was the, uh, the pyramid scheme podcast we're doing after this. Okay. Guys, I appreciate you viewing, staying with me this whole journey, 10 episodes deep. The haters said we couldn't do it. This is our 10 episode anniversary. I'm so happy to be sharing it with you. I'm so happy we decided to stay together for the kids. <laughs> I just, you're the one I want to be with. And I didn't realize that before. You know, I was, I was out there just living a crazy life, doing other podcasts, um, not being faithful to you. But you've been there from the beginning. And nobody else can say that. And that's why I 